Imagine a minnow that weighs up to 40 pounds or more and has ominous grinding teeth in its throat. This giant fish is widespread in Montana east of the Continental Divide. It wasn't present when Lewis and Clark passed up the Missouri, but that's all changed. These fish are super abundant now, and they're threatening pests in the Missouri River reservoirs. Can you guess the species? Hi, and welcome to the FBCC Nature Journal, the podcast for everyone who loves nature. We're coming to you from the Flathead Valley and the beautiful campus at Flathead Valley Community College at the foot of the Swan Mountain Range of Northwest Montana. I'm John Fraley, longtime instructor in wildlife conservation here at the college, and I also served 40 years with the Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks. In the Nature Journal, we're going to focus on critters and quirks of nature found on the campus, the wide surrounding Flathead Basin, and all across Montana. Our producer is Colin Burkhardt, an employee here at FECC Library, and thanks to Morgan Ray, the library director, for offering the library as our podcast home. So today we're going to explore the world of a much maligned fish that's distributed all across the United States, including east of the Divide in Montana, the lowly carp. Now, Colin, you said you've seen pictures, but you really haven't seen a carp. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've seen a few here and there, but I've okay. not, I don't think I've ever actually... I don't fish too often, but the times I have, I've never caught one. <laughs> yeah, they're east of the divide, and, and like Canyon Ferry is kind of their, their spot where there's a lot of them, you know. Mm -hmm. And the, the carp, though, is, people don't understand this. The, actually, the state record in Montana for the carp is 40.2 pounds. That's a lot. And it's a minnow. People don't get the, the difference between a, a minnow. Do you know what a minnow is? I mean, I know it's a classification, but a lot of people think of a minnow like being a type of just a specific species of fish. So, I mean, I could see why people think they're small because there are types of minnows that are typically small, but yeah. I, I think it's just a, it is just a classification of... A minnow has actually become like a euphemism for a little fish. Mm -hmm. But people don't realize that there's a, a family called the minnow family, and it's called Cyprinidae. So the carp is Cyprinus carpio. And there's certain characteristics. They have a uh, kind of a grinding set of teeth that are down in their throats. And they really are crazy-looking teeth. Uh, mm. So they can grind up, the, and they eat just about anything. And, and the other minnow we have that's common is the pike minnow. It used to be called a squawfish. And that, that can get up to 7.88 pounds. So that mm. minnows are not necessarily little fish. They're a family of fish. Now, they are, the carp, anyway, was introduced from Asia, and they're, they're really widely hated. <laughs> But it's recently gaining favor as a fly fishing trophy and a bow hunting target. So just the general description of a carp, and you can see that picture there. That's a massive one there. Yeah, though. that's... Common carp are easily recognized by two barbels or whiskers on each side of the mouth, kind of a golden brown coloration and sawtooth hardened ray in the front and the, of the dorsal and anal fin. The fins themselves are soft rayed, though. And they have this overall kind of golden coloration. With Look at the huge scales on them. The scales are very large on there. So the introduction of carp into North America, and get this, from Asia, is considered to be one of the greatest mistakes in the history of American <laughs> fisheries management by biologists who have documented the widespread loss of native fish and habitat to this aggressive intruder. So as we said, the native range is actually Eurasia. They evolved in the Caspian Sea, and it's been introduced into many places around the world and all across the lower United States, including and including Hawaii and the territories of Guam and Puerto Rico. So it's everywhere. Because people thought it was going to be a good food fish, but actually it's a kind of a 
musty tasting fish and you know it looks ugly so people don't really think of it they are a popular food fish in eurasia though so they are introduced into north america as we said to serve the same function but they're not considered desirable because they're bony and they often have like a muddy or unpalatable taste and there's many better fish why you eat a carp people say but actually there's a recipe column that really makes them taste good and let me go through that so you preheat your oven to 325 degrees you rub olive oil all over the side of a plank Salt and pepper the plank. Rub olive oil on both sides of the fish. Salt and pepper both sides of the fish. Place the fish on the seasoned plank and place in the oven and bake for 30 minutes. Remove from the oven and then what? I guess throw it away. Huh? <laughs> throw the carp in the trash and eat the plank. That's the joke. It's, that's how bad they are. But there is some commercial fishing for carp, and they can be processed so that the problems with the fine bones between their muscles, which bug people, are eliminated. And they can kind of grind it up and make a fish patty out of it. You know, you could do that with sawdust too, I guess. It's just not a good tasting fish. Why they're so popular in Eurasia, I just don't, I don't know. So they're kind of despised a lot because they compete with most desirable sport fishes. They, they, they root around in the bottom and muddy the water by their bottom feeding. In fact, if you go to Canyon Ferry and watch them, you'll see these little tufts of silt come up from the bottom and that's when you know there's a carp down there rooting around and they're extremely hardy and they eat everything which means they eat almost all of you know the vegetation small fish but they can attain a weight of 40 pounds or more in productive waters in eastern montana as i said the montana state record is 40.2 pounds <laughs> and measured 38 inches long the all tackle record is 104 pounds by bow fishing in west virginia 104 pounds of carp that is a big carp. So in Montana, the carp are widespread in our eastern drainages in silty and warmer waters, and they attain their greatest numbers in lakes and reservoirs. Now, there's three types of carp. The common carp, which is what we're talking about now, Cyprinus carpio. The goldfish is actually a carp, too. The goldfish, Carassius auratus. Next time you see a goldfish, look closely. At it. It'll look just like a tiny version of that gigantic 40-pounder we just saw. Hmm. So they are also a member of the minnow family, and they can live in the wild if people release them. We had a problem with that in a few lakes around here. I think Boys Lake was one of them where people get tired of having a goldfish, and they dump it somewhere, and it, and it survives for a while, you know. And they can mess up the environment also. And then there's a grass carp, which is Stenopharagon idella, and that's a pest that dredges up vegetation, muddies waters. And what people think of grass carp, because they eat actual aquatic plants, so people think, well, if I introduce a bunch of grass carp into my pond, they'll clean it up. They'll eat the plants, but they'll root it up so bad that the, it, it makes a mess. So, in fact, somebody introduced illegally some grass carp near Big Fork. I remember when I was working my outreach job, and I remember doing the mm. news release on it. And we actually went in. I think we poisoned that pond and got them out of there. But that, there's no real population of grass carp that I know of in Montana. And that's good because they're really a bad pest now. So some of the diagnostic characteristics of a carp, if you see one, is that, that brown or dark brown olive green back, that yellowish underside, and those giant scales, and their large size. They have two barbels, as we said, on each side of the upper jaw, and a relatively small toothless mouth, and the upper jaw slightly protrudes. It almost looks like a sucker mouth. Now, the grass uh, carp don't have a sucker mouth. Yeah, the, the, the barbels, that's sort of like catfish-like, right? Yeah, they look a little bit like catfish, catfish barbels, and what are they for, you know? I assume it's for fending off attackers, maybe. I'm not really sure. It's, it it, it can be, be to, to detect cap. They're, they're more of a detection thing. Mm -hmm. Same with uh, barbels on, on catfish. They, they use them to feel around and stuff like that. You know, their sight probably isn't that great. Hmm. So they have two on each side of their upper jaw and that, that toothless mouth. And like all minnows, carp have pharyngeal teeth to grind food. And that, if you go to Canyon Ferry and just walk along a shoreline, 
There's so many carp in there that die all the time. And you'll see these little, you'll see sets of pharyngeal teeth. They're pretty good size. They're like about an inch, inch and a half long, and they have, they're multiple. And like just gro- lying around? Yeah, yeah, from when the carp died, and, you know, wow. the, the parts of the skeletons are all over the place, and you'll see those pharyngeal mm-hmm. teeth. They're in kind of like a, it almost looks like a denture, to be honest with you, <laughs> <laughs> when you look at one of them on the bank. So as we said, we talked about the coloration of it. They can have red on their tail fin, and they can have yellow or orange on their lower fins. But one interesting thing about them is they're, they're, they're common targets for bow fishing. So, in fact, there's a tournament at Canyon Ferry each year to compete for the title of Carp King of Montana Bow Hunting. That's my own name for it, but it, there's, a, there's a championship. Bow it's, fishing. That's, uh, that's yeah. what I'm not very familiar yeah, with. Yeah, you stalk along there. Well, a lot of them do it, people do it out of boats for that tournament. And they'll stalk along and watch for carp. And then they'll, they'll, just they'll sh- shoot, shoot the, the carp with the a bow. Water. And then the bow has a, a, a line attached to it, the, the arrow. Mm-hmm. And it'll swim around, and then you grab that line, and you pull this carp in. And you should, the one I went to was amazing. My, both of my kids were on a team, and they had a couple of dump trucks there to load all the carp into. I mean, there was like hundreds and hundreds of carp caught. And then they were going to use those for fertilizer. Yeah. But it's a, it's a big deal, and, and there's a, it's, it's, it's like the third Saturday in June or second Saturday in June every year. And the people just get all excited about it. You, you know, you pay an entry fee, and there's hot dogs, and people wow. are on boats or from the shore. Um, I guess they're a big target, so it makes them easier to hit than that's, most fish. That's right. It's something to, to hunt for, and it, it doesn't really hurt anything unless you're a carp because it's, <laughs> it's a non-native pest species. It really shouldn't be there anyway. Mm-hmm. And so you can use that and, and fold it into a fertilizer. So these carp, then, they destroy the vegetation, and they muck up the water by dislodging plants and rooting around in the substrate, and it, that deteriorates the habitat for, for native species. And they can reproduce, believe it or not, with goldfish and cause hybrids. And you may have seen people have kois and things like that in their ponds. Well, that's kind of the same kind of species there with a the hybridization. They school in large numbers. You wouldn't believe it. Canyon Ferry, you see a school of like hundreds of them sometimes. And they're, they all get together when they spawn along the shore and they're rolling all over each other and things like that. So they become sexually mature in two to three years and then they spawn again. And they spawn, can spawn several times, May through July. They incubate, for all, eggs incubate only 12 to 20 days. So you can see they can really crank out a lot of young. They're really good at that. So they're becoming a quirky fly fishing target in recent years, believe it or not. You know how kind of picky fly fishermen are? Well, they're starting to switch over to to carp because they're so big. You can catch one and just fight it, you know. (laughs) But they're shy and hard to catch, and that makes it, I guess that makes it uh, challenging. You can even look for and buy carp flies online, things like that, (laughs) and people make fun of it, you know. Uh, One little story I have, my son was over there, and he was trying to catch a carp on a fly, and I heard this yoo-hoo type of thing. I thought, man, maybe he caught a big rainbow. I said, what's up? What did you, you catch? He says, I caught a carp. And I went, oh, big deal. You know, who cares about that? But actually, it's become kind of a thing with fly fishermen to catch them, and they can be, you know, something that's a very large fish to fight. One, uh, one story I heard is this guy had a very fancy cane rod, bamboo rod for fly fishing, hmm. and he caught a carp on it, and it bent it pretty bad. Oh. And so he took it back into this fancy rod maker in Colorado where he got it from. And the guy said, what'd you do to this? rod and he said oh i caught a big brown trout he says bull you caught a carp didn't you because <laughs> you know it's starting to gain it's the only thing big enough that it would bend a bamboo fly rod <laughs> and so so again the, if if you want to get involved in that bow hunter association tournament it'll be the 19th annual canyon ferry carp safari in june this year <laughs> on canyon ferry lake you can even go online and look up montana bow hunter association they'll you probably find it advertised and they go from the first light to 5 p.m and there's all kinds of prizes as I said, the carp are used for fertilizer. 
And then all over Colorado, there are these, these fly fishing tournaments. So there's the, and there's the Montana Annual Bighorn Carp Tournament at Tiber Reservoir. Fly fishing only, non-motorized boats, two-person teams. <laughs> you can get on there and try to catch them there. So there's sort of a cult or a novelty. They're a big quarry, and if you want to fish or something big, they're good. So, so all you fly fishing enthusiasts out there, if you want to catch a huge fish on a fly, consider the lonely carp. But be prepared to work for them because they are shy and they're a challenge to hook. That's all the time we have for this episode of The Nature Journal. Thanks for joining us. I'm John Fraley, and I'll see you next week.